0: those looking to change the world through education each week we bring you a new idea however big and bold it is that has the potential to disrupt a or remix education now here's
1: your host and my dad ryan scott hello my friends and welcome back to the big ed idea podcast um pretty actually more than pretty like I am super duper um like I can't think of a word like humongously if that's even a word like humongously excited for this episode I finally get to talk to someone that is on my level um and what I mean by that is um I spent several years in the kindergarten classroom Um, several of the most fun years I've ever taught in education. And I am super excited to talk with a fellow, uh, kindergarten soul tonight. Um, and so tonight I have got my friend and actually we've been waiting to do this for several months. We've just had to, you know, rearrange things, but miss Kyla Uribe, she is from the big old state, the big, I think it's called big sky state of Montana. She is a mama. Yep. She is a wifey. She's a kindergarten and she is a self-proclaimed farm girl um, from the rural route of Montana. So without further ado, Miss Kyla, welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to- Can't
0: believe we're finally doing this.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm pretty sure we hooked up like six months ago, but you know, yes. things things are crazy. You you've got three kids. Yep. I've got four. Yeah. Um,
0: yep.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really hard to to chisel out time.
0: Isn't it, it is. And time to be intentional and focused. And, you know, even though chances are, we'll get sidetracked, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. No tangents. I love tangents, but you, no, you're yeah. exactly right. You are exactly right. And, um, you know, as we, cause as we're recording this, it is almost the second week of August. And so, you know, during the summer, most teachers like to try to, um, take themselves out of the education realm. And, um, so like, I get it, I get it. I totally get it, but like, I'm, I'm ready to roll with this tonight.
0: You bet me too. Uh, All
1: right. So, um, a couple episodes back, I started this cool little segment because, um, everybody that's out there that's listening, like, I just want you to know I'm a real dude. I'm just a normal dude from Western Kentucky. And um, so I started this segment called What's Up at the Scott Household, just to let you know kind of what's going on um, with the party of six over here. So it is, as we record this, it is, like I said, it's almost the second week of August and my two middle daughters, Hazel and Stella, Hazel, is six. Stella is nine. They are getting ready to start school. Mm-hmm. Um, they start Tuesday and oh, then, wow. yeah, I know. And then our oldest Madison, she moves off to college on Friday. Um, oh,
0: big week. Who
1: big week. Um, yes. I don't really know how I ever got to this age of my life where I have a college age student. It's to be honest, scares the living crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, so that's what's going on in my household. Um, They're starting back to school. Um, They go to school in a different district than I do. Um, My district has mandated the masks. Theirs has Mm -hmm. not yet. So yeah, so I'll tell you, a part of me is a little nervous about what's to come. Yep, yep.
0: That's tough.
1: It is. So um, like over here in Western Kentucky, cases are surging pretty badly. What's it like out there in Montana?
0: I think per capita it is here too. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm tuning out. I'm, I just can't, I just have, it's, I don't want to disrespect anyone by saying I have PTSD, but I do. Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, I wanted to say so the same I mean, thing. I, yeah, I just feel like um, my kids school had a board meeting the other night and everyone's entitled to their opinion because this is a lot. And but after the school year last year, I just don't. I'm yeah. Anyway,
1: hey amen. Let's let's move on yep. from that. Let's talk about something that we uh, definitely could agree upon that is way happier. Um this next segment, which my listeners will, and you will too, because you've listened to a couple of these episodes, my favorite section, because I get to put that, that whole idea of connections before content first. So I'm super excited. I've got two questions for you Mm -hmm. and I'm a little leery because you, you told me you have some good ones. Um, Okay. I'm a little scared, (laughs) but I'm going to throw us out first. Um, Here is your first question. So The other night, my wife and I sat down Mm -hmm. and we watched a documentary on Val Kilmer, um, which is really, really good if you're into like that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: But it got me thinking, who do Mm -hmm. you think was the best Batman? (laughs) Okay. So let me give you, okay. So let me give you, let me give you some, I'll give you some choices. Okay. Okay. So there is Ben Affleck christian bale adam west michael keaton val kilmer or george clooney
0: the only one i remember is michael keaton so i don't watch a lot of movies that i can remember i don't remember that kind of detail so
1: well um right answer because i would have said michael keaton as well
0: yeah i think was he the first i don't know
1: no so like i go i did a quick little google search and there was like Mm -hmm and i'm not i'm not exaggerating there are like 15 different batmans that were listed
0: oh wow jeez! which i didn't know that that. i didn't know that yeah all
1: right my friend here's your next one so think big think really big if you could be president for the day what would you do first
0: the first thing that comes to my mind is I would stand there and look around (laughs) and take it all in like, what? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, as far as policies in the nation, I just want us to be on the same team and I want empathy and I just want us all, you know, I just feel like our country is in this clash right now over everything.
1: Yeah. And I Anything just think and everything.
0: Say, yes. Can't we all just get along? Thank you, you know? Rodney.
1: <laughs> <See>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's what I would do. Very, no, I, it might sound I concur. very simple, but that's an enormous task.
1: No, I concur. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Miss Kyla, what questions do you have for me?
0: Well, so the first one I thought about when I was driving to Colorado for a conference and I was listening to your podcast because I know it's predictable so I can get to know the content of your without thinking about anything.
1: Well, I appreciate
0: Um, that. A little plug for that for you, but I truly (laughs) love it. So one guest you had on, she's a fitness guru also. And it just got me thinking, oh, I know what I'm going to ask, Ryan. What's your favorite and your least favorite lifts when you work out or your favorite if you don't lift a lot what's your favorite no no no
1: so my i'll say my favorite thing to do is to go outside um run and find a playground and just do like a playground workout like if there's monkey bars Mm -hmm. pull-ups um, you can do mm-hmm. toes to bars, knees to elbows. Um, yep. you can do so much stuff without even having to go into a gym. Yeah. Um, I really yep. value functional fitness. Um, mm-hmm. I would much rather much, much, much rather be able to run, you know, six miles, crank out a hundred push-ups, than to be able to sit down and bench press like 400 pounds. Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, I get it.
1: And maybe, you know, cause I don't want to be one of those like nothing against those people that are like this, but I don't want to be one of those like 60 year olds that can't walk because they bitched <laughs> so much when they were in yeah. their twenties and thirties.
0: <laughs> right. Like yep. like I'm Take thinking long-term,
1: arm. long-term
0: mm-hmm.
1: my least Absolutely. favorite, least favorite. Um, hmm. That's a hard question really, because I'll be quite honest. Like I love working out. Um, That's kind of like my Zen place. Um, Absolutely. I put on some um, old school hip hop or some loud rock music and like, I'm good. But if I was to pick, um, I would say overhead squats.
0: Really? because,
1: Because when I was doing CrossFit, um, I did CrossFit for about three years, but I did an overhead mm-hmm. squat and did something to my shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. more than likely, cause I was trying to like, um, I was trying to do what the younger guys were doing and I forgot. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah, easy to forget it. that it I'm is. 40 years old. So yep.
0: I get that, totally. That's that. Mine same reason. Mine is the, um, the snatch. Oh I yeah. I was in the CrossFit gym and, and I love CrossFit. I do basically CrossFit still just at home. And the same type of thing happened, something on my back. And ever since then the fear, and it's hard to get past that fear with my back. So it's affected my squats and it's affected obviously my snatch, but, or not, I mean, you know what I
1: mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs>
0: yep. Good. Glad you did.
1: So, um, Yeah. So that, that touches on this point. Like, so you're in your forties, I'm in my forties and I don't know about you, but, um, I like, I still feel like inside of my head is still this 20 year old. And the only thing that is different is like the outside, like my knees pop, um, you know, but other than that, I (laughs) I still feel like a 20 year old and maybe that's not a good thing.
0: So speaking of doing that and speaking of our friend John, we he was up visiting us and some mutual really good friends. And he always plays basketball with these kids.
1: And this is John Conan. If nobody, if if you don't know who she's talking about, you gotta check John Conan.
0: Yes. The wonderful John Conan. So he said, Come on, we're all gonna play basketball. And none of us had brought our shoes. So we were borrowing our friends' friends' shoes and socks and putting them all on. And we were laughing because we are living in older bodies, but our minds <laughs> still play basketball like we're 13, 15, 17. <laughs> it, it was a riot. It was a great time. And we were, it was intense. It was like real basketball. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Bobby uh, so, just
0: didn't do what I thought they were going to do.
1: So, you are a basketball player. I would. So, yep. I played basketball until fifth grade because I think that's when I stopped growing. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So instead, I gravitated towards soccer. So I did soccer, um, all through high school. I ref soccer for high school. I coached select soccer for ten something years. I coached at the high school level for a little while.
0: Yeah, uh, nice.
1: Yeah, I was very. I was always envious of the basketball players because, like,
0: oh, (laughs) why? Soccer is amazing.
1: Because at least basketball players, like, at least are six foot tall.
0: Oh, well, I'm not. And I was the tallest on my Sweet. little small town team and I'm only five nine.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, then there's hope for this short guy.
0: Yep. It works.
1: It works. All right, my friend. So, um, I feel like I know quite a bit about you now.
0: Yeah. You and I think we're,
1: of... I, I'm ready to, to jump into this content. Cause I'm super excited to talk about your idea tonight. Um, because it's definitely something we have kind of pre-talked about before, and it's something we both agree with. Um, yeah. But before we t- jump into that content, I just got to know, like, okay, so you're a teacher. How long have you been teaching?
0: Yeah, so this will be, I think it's my 18th year. You know how they kind of,
1: yeah. they, they oh, kind yeah. of
0: blend in and if you don't sit down year by year. So I was trying to do that, actually, while I was waiting. And um, this will be my 18th year. And I have taught mainly primary. I'm a primary person. Um, I I didn't think I was going to be a teacher when I started college.
1: And that's what I I want to talk about. How did you get there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want me to go for it?
1: Yeah, go for it, girl.
0: Yeah. So growing up on the farm, you know, I thought, well, I love the farm, but I got to get the heck out of here. And so (laughs) I found a way to go to Colorado state, which was out of state tuition, but I needed to have an agricultural major, right. To get the wooey and the whammy discount kind of basically it's like in-state tuition at the Western States. Oh, okay. And I'm like, sweet. I can be a crop and soil scientist. Then I can go to CSU in Fort Collins, Colorado, (laughs) And I did love it because it gave me that sense of connection to home, you know, okay. when I was so far away, huge college, loved every minute of it. Um, but, but then it just, I didn't really feel it in my bones and then left, went back to Montana, went to Bozeman, Montana State, went to, you know, anyway, finished college. Um, and I don't know what it was though, that second year of college that said you need to be a teacher, but it just happened. It just, one. Yeah, I don't know what it was, and I've always babysat. I coached t-ball, coached soccer in college, taught Sunday school, and I think that those kind of things just said, "Hey, you're around kids, you love kids." So anyway, did that, and then um, graduated from Bozeman, moved out to Vancouver, Washington, oh, and did so student cool. teaching. Yeah, love Vancouver, Washington. Um, such a great my mentor teacher. I still love her. She the only thing, the best thing, the only thing I really take, I mean, it sounds like a little thing, but she always said, you have to do what the students need first, always, Mm -hmm. always. And every time she would plan with me, she would say, but what do the kids need first? Do the kids need that? And so that has kind of been, yeah, but it sounds so simple, but it's actually pretty difficult to stay true to that. you know. So anyway, student taught out in Washington, and then I taught fourth grade. I Student taught in T1, so they had transitional first, which I loved. It was those kids who just weren't quite ready for first. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: and yeah. So they did TK or T1, T1, and then they got another year of first. And by the time they left the second year, they were advanced and went to second grade ready to rock. It was awesome. Um, so anyway, I did that, and then I got hired to teach fourth grade, <laughs> and so I did that for about six weeks, and then six my weeks. Principal- yeah, listen to this. My first year of teaching. 6 weeks he comes knocking on my door on a Friday and said, "Hey, uh I'm going I I'm, I'm going to need you to teach first grade on Monday." And I went, "What?"
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean,
0: they got a small some kind of a reading first or Title 1 grant where they had small class size grant and so they split the three first grades into four. Oh, cool. So all ready right into the classroom, we switched. I mean, it worked out fine. Um, thank goodness. But anyway, then I taught one more year there. Then I moved out to Colorado, taught in Denver public schools, uh, first grade two years, and then went South to castle rock and taught third grade, which was fine, but they were big.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: I went down to second grade and did that for a couple of years. And then, um, my last year teaching second grade, I got hired to be on a core team to open a brand new building, which was Good. phenomenal. Yeah. Experience. Right. That sounds so, cool. I- Amazing. And the best principal, she's now a superintendent, but the best principal I could have ever worked for with just one of those people that she would have a great idea. And she'd say, here, go for it. And you're like, what? You know, but the trust that was there, the, I mean, it was just
1: What was her name?
0: Carrie Stevenson. She is, look her up. She's in Montrose. They're doing some amazing work right now, building an outdoor learning center. Um, yeah. And so I helped them work on a preschool forest preschool for that too, which is going to be an an amazing addition for them. But anyway, so with Carrie, we, I'm IB trained. So international baccalaureate PYP, (laughs) I got year one, year two through her. And that was such an incredible experience. I'm a huge IB fan. Um, yeah. And then I was a BRT. They called it a building resource teacher in Colorado. So I did that for two years at our new school. And then my husband actually got transferred to Louisville. I lived in Louisville for a year.
1: <laughs> no way you did.
0: Yeah, so totally. Yep. Okay. You,
1: we got to go off. Script. Northeast. Which, so Northeast, like.
0: How Pros- about Costco? Like the new. Prospect. Well, back then it was past prospect. That sounds right. Okay. So my husband worked in Gent. He drove from Louisville to Gent every day. Okay. And I took a year off. I had, we had gauge or he's our oldest. And then I was pregnant with number two. And so I just took a year off. I tried to get hired in Louisville, but housing was so in, insane to find. So we lived in a tiny apartment, <laughs> one of those years where you're like, <laughs> and, um, yeah, but we lived in Louisville and what a different place. Oh my gosh. It's different in montana
1: yeah i lived in louisville let's see i after my louisville yeah after my freshman year of college i decided college was not for me so i moved to louisville Uh and washed dishes at a barbecue place and Ah. yeah lived with a rastafarian um for about six months and then decided like this is not for me so I moved back yeah. home and went back to college but yeah, yeah. Louisville my <laughs> wife and I would move to Louisville in a heartbeat
0: yeah you know I love because I can't think of what is northeast of you go for a drive through the country oh if you say it I'd probably know but we so found like Oldham
1: County house.
0: yes yes okay love it out there just yeah. love it big farms and oh my gosh there was a lot of really cool things I've I wish you know they would have got the contract in state or whatever, you know. But it was great. It was a good experience, like in life, right? One of those yeah. things. Yeah. And staying yeah. home was different for me too, being a stay-at-home mom because I've always worked, and so that was a different, different time. Um, anyway, so then let's see. February, they were gonna. He got shipped back to Colorado, so we moved back there and had baby two. And then he was working out of state and I got a job back at my school that I helped open and taught first grade. And it's a project-based learning school. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, And so that was just great to kind of see it come back together after a year off. It was just such a cool experience to be back. But then my husband was like, you know what? I'm gone all the time. I see these kids every other week, if then sometimes it was more. And so- he started, yeah, he started looking for a job back in Montana and he found one and I couldn't, I applied to Helena school district and some other little districts and didn't get anything. And then a friend said, Hey, um, the owner of my daughter's gymnastics school once or center wants to start a preschool. Would you do that? And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. That sounds amazing. I don't know what I'm doing and it's preschool. Oh my <laughs> God. But yeah, I'll do it. So I had a couple interviews with him and that was the best Thing I've ever done in my entire life so I opened my own preschool at the gymnastics center movement based and play based and talk about learning what kids really are like we are not in control
1: <laughs> so interesting it, fact about me I, I taught uh-huh. preschool for a little while really yeah I was a uh, I taught Spanish at a preschool
0: love it it's such a different experience isn't it
1: everybody should do it
0: everybody should do it I, my learning curve was like this and I am so grateful for my years teaching preschool and learning about kids development, true child development by being in it <laughs> and having to figure out why can I not, why is my first grade routine? Why can that why are they not sitting there? Why? Da, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Don't. So, okay. This leads me into Cause, cause I know, cause I know what your idea is, but I want to know based off of those preschool years and based off your early Mm -hmm. child year, um, what do you think is the big problem with education? And I have a feeling, I know what you're going to say, but, um, Mm -hmm. if you can verbalize that for our listeners, what do you think is the big problem in ed?
0: Yeah. Um, right now I really think it's that, um, we're not letting kids, we're not letting the kids lead us. And we're not really truly listening to kids and not hundred percent student centered. Um, I feel like I get why we have to do assessments. I understand all of that, but I feel like we're kind of incongruent with our values. We're saying relationships, 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 but then day one, got to get ready by September 10th. You need to have these assessments done. You need to have this done. You got to do this done. And here we have these tiny humans who man, I did not realize how many kids aren't able to go to preschool. And they're looking at you like, what? What? Yeah." And we're forced, that's when they get labeled because they're forced to comply. We're forced to comply as the teacher. So those kids who say, no, I'm not doing that. No, or they're scared or they don't sit still for many reasons. um, That's just when things kind of start falling apart. I just feel like, they, yeah, we just are not child led.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, the developmentally appropriateness uh-huh. if that's a, is not it is. where it needs to be. Um, I'm a huge believer in what you're saying, especially with kindergarten, um, yep. out here in Kentucky, all incoming kindergarten kids have to take this test called the brigants. It's uh-huh. a, it's a test that's supposed to show kindergarten readiness um, for the last, I want to say last five years, the state Mm -hmm. of Kentucky has been at like 50%. So half of our kindergarten kids that are coming to us are actually ready to access the kindergarten curriculum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. However, we still keep pushing these kids through like they are ready. And then we wonder, and I, and I know you've seen this too. I've seen kids be labeled, at Christmas time yep. of their kindergarten year.
0: Yeah. And, and, and this yep. might be
1: a kid. This might be a kid that has a social and emotional intelligence of a, of a two-year-old or a three-year-old.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: That's yep. Oh, and don't gosh. even
0: get me started on movement, like yeah. just having them sit and yeah. comply. Yeah. I mean, cause that's what I learned, especially in the gymnastics center was watching those kids because I was forced right to my, my, Interest just kind of went from running a tight ship to, wow, look (laughs) at that kid. He can balance, but he cannot sit in a chair or, you know, and then I realized, well, why should they sit in a chair? And I have some really amazing mentors, um, just play-based mentors and people like that, that I've been following that truly, truly, truly run student center practices and preschools. And they're just advocates, they're play advocates. Yeah. and i just think that it's huge but anyway i mean i just i try so much to have as much movement in my classroom as I, as as possible because yeah. those kids you watch them for some of them can't even crawl
1: oh yeah and that's oh yeah oh yeah and and you know you, then you you can't even you don't even talk about the working memory or the executive functions no. or the no. um yeah you know the sensory all of that stuff um yep and i'm a big yep. I'm a big proponent also, you know, or, or believer and nerd about poverty and how many of these kids are coming to us, um, from poverty, not being read to not being talked to not being held, not. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, our early childhood definitely needs to be strengthened. Um,
0: yeah. And not, not academically in my belief, we don't need to work. No, that. please, Go please, away. please. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: So, okay, we both are in agreement um, mm-hmm. that our early childhood, so we'll we'll say pre-K, K, and one, um, needs yeah. to be drastically revamped.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, what is your big Ed idea that you want to talk about tonight?
0: Yeah, um, I want to take away assessments till at least January. <laughs> it wouldn't be expensive. But yep. if you think about impact that that could have, because if I didn't have to worry about assessments and I could let the children lead and truly, I mean, yeah, we're going to sing the ABC songs. Yeah, we're going to read stories. Yeah, we're going to do all that stuff. But if we could not have the testing pressure on the teacher, on the child, on the families, yeah, I just think what a huge shift that would be to say, hey, you know what? welcome to kindergarten, I truly wanna get to know you. And then you learn all their interests, you learn what they are good at, and you take what they're good at, and that's how you base your instruction. And it's just all child-led and interest-driven, and it sounds like a big free-for-all, but of course it's not. There's strategic planning that goes in that, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, ma'am. But to a lot of people, they think, well, that's just a big play. And it could be, you could think of it like that, but it's not because your intention about the provocations you have in your classroom and the sensory experiences and the movement experiences and the inner amount of interventions we could p- put in place for kids from September to December that are not necessarily academic relates, but related, but that will impact academics later would be huge. If I didn't have to worry about forcing those and not even forcing, but you
1: know what I mean? No, I'm got mean, to learn when, your letter.
0: Oh, when, we're on letter P this week.
1: You don't know letter P. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember from my time, we, we did maps, maps testing, uh, measures, yep. measures of academic progress and something like that. It, or, or but yeah, we started yeah. in it. I want to say, yeah, I think September, cause our schools start in August, but I think in September mm-hmm. is when we started assessing those kids. And we would literally have to have a kindergarten assistant sit with those kids. And that testing probably took up every bit of a month to get all those kids assessed. Yeah. Yeah. Total. I mean, so easily waste of time, probably not. However, could it have been used better? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, it's not like you're, you're going to be doing no assessments at all.
0: Right, you're just right. doing
1: those assessments formatively um, right. or anecdotally or exactly. you're keeping notes in a notebook. Um,
0: Observations.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yep. And that's what I learned more because I was faithful to my choice time every day. Even this year, with the sh- we had a shortened school day during the pandemic. Um And I was faithful to at least 30 to 45 minutes of choice every day. And some kids still could not settle down in that 45 minutes. They would still go from thing to thing to thing because they're just waiting for that next transition or waiting to be told what to do. And and that's a whole nother podcast episode that I think we're spoon feeding too much. But, um, and the kids, I don't know, Uh, that's a whole nother tangent, but
1: (laughs) no, no, (laughs) the
0: amount of things.
1: It reminded me of something i something I feel I do not want kids on devices, um, right? At least until second grade. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, um, we just have yes. so much sensory issues with our kids.
0: Totally.
1: Um, more and more and more and more. Um, yep. But no, I yep. totally agree with what you're saying. Um, something I firmly, firmly, firmly believe. We've got all these gaps in education. And instead of throwing all this money at interventions and RTI and all of this stuff, why don't we re, how do I say it? Why don't we, okay. So high school level should be working on one set of things. Middle school should be working on one set of things, but at the very foundational level are elementary schools. And if we even go further, our kindergarten has to set a good foundation. It's got to be the great yep. equalizer that it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. I know you know what I'm talking about it, but it seems like the kids that, that can afford preschool come into kindergarten. Yep. They do great. The It'd kids great. that can't Absolutely. afford preschool come into kindergarten. They struggle. They get labeled. They get identified. And then you have an overrepresentation of uh low social economic in your IEPs
0: that could be avoided
1: that could easily Easily. be avoided Um, yeah 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 this idea that I have slow down early to speed up uh, Mm -hmm. later
0: yep and that's the part that kills me is that you see it and I I, I mean I, I literally went to the ER last year and I got sick twice just because of the internal battle I was having with my values and what I believe about kids and what we were. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that's the way that it is right now. That's the system we work with because you got to do this The system. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm not pointing any fingers whatsoever. I'm just, it's a system and it is, it's scary. And you know, it just, I, I, that's why I feel like if we could at least say, Hey, you know what, when we get your kids in kindergarten, guess what? We want to love them. We just want to get to know them. And I'm not talking about who knows all their letters. I don't even want, I don't even care if you, I don't anybody. care
1: either. You're right.
0: You'll get right. it. They'll get it. I promise.
1: listen to this the one the of, other thing. Is, one of the go. first things I always <laughs> taught my kindergarten kids was how to pay attention because mm-hmm. so many of them don't know what it means to pay attention. They've mm-hmm. never had to sit on the rug and look at their teacher. Um, so we would just do these just stupid, what I call the attention challenge, where I would set a timer for 15 seconds at like the first mm-hmm. day of school. And if they mm-hmm. could keep their eyes on me for 15 seconds, they got a, the boys got a shot of Axe body spray and the girls got a shot of, <laughs> of yeah, like whatever perfume I could find under my daughter's sink. And I take it in and then I love week, it. Yeah. And then the next week we go up to like 20 seconds and then 30 seconds. That's mm-hmm. what our kindergartners need. They don't need. Yeah. I'm going to say this and I'm going to speak into the microphone. So my listeners can hear this. Kindergartners <laughs> do not need to know how to read. Woo! Sorry if I made <laughs> any of those textbook companies upset, but we have a primary yeah. for a reason. So if a kid does not learn to read until second grade, that is totally yep. 100% okay.
0: Mm-hmm. And it just the the anxiety and the stress that it puts on the child makes it that much harder for them the next year. And then the it's parents, grade, I mean it's stress. Oh, oh gosh. Don't yeah, totally. I but mean what really struck, Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go. You are on a you were on a roll. I'm going to let you roll.
0: I was. Did you see it? Um, but what really struck me was a conversation (laughs) that I was having with a friend who's a nurse. And she was just saying how some of the new people that come into the hospital. And I mean, this is not education people. Some of the people that nurses and newbies that are coming in for their, what do they do? Practicums or rounds, or I don't know what they do. I think you're right. She said, they just are not thinking outside the box. And that struck me right there. I was like, boom. Boom. Because I have a husband who's an engineer. We've had this conversation and I'm like, okay, enough's enough. We, here's two completely different industries than in the education industry. And they're saying this, they are saying this people, it is time. And it, they're not the first, they're just the first people in my world who have said that to my ears, yeah. that it struck me as the way we're teaching is not working. We have amazing teachers. And that's the other thing that I think would happen If we let teachers teach from September till December, they have their passion. They are watching their kids. Teachers know how to do that. They don't need these guidebooks to tell them word for word because that adds pressure too. And I'm just thinking, man, our teachers could teach. They could be themselves and do. I mean, I just think there's so many amazing things that could come out of this.
1: No, I I think you're right. So, okay, so is your idea primarily for kindergarten or are you thinking like all grades
0: i for sure kindergarten but i've been i've been thinking about it okay so what if fifth grade doesn't do an assessment till october yeah so what
1: yeah
0: what's that gonna hurt
1: yeah
0: is it who's it gonna hurt the kids no (laughs) the teachers no (laughs) so that's I just think it'd be interesting. Imagine the different things that we could do with our kids. You know, the get to know you games and the icebreaker games that you do the first week and then it's boom, okay, we're doing curriculum, we're doing yeah. content now, that's that's not right. That's yeah. not right.
1: Yeah, that cla- building so that classroom be, community.
0: Yeah, but if you let the kids be kids, and I started to say it earlier and then I think I got sidetracked, but when I watched my kids play, is when I learned so much about them. When I truly watch and I have an observation sheet that I watch or that I have, and I would make myself do it. Part of it is because I felt like I was actually taking data. I gave myself permission to just stop and watch. I wasn't just sitting back, drinking my soda. (laughs) No, I was, but I felt official. You know what I mean? Having a checklist and being intentional about watching. But I... Could not believe what i learned about my kids and i'm it made me sad because i'm like oh my gosh she's a thrower she loves to throw stuff there have you heard about play schemas have you ever heard of those? No, i haven't oh my gosh so there's it depends on which kind of theoretical or which person you kind of read i'm writing research, that down because i'm gonna look at it yes do it it'll make you think of your kids in a total different way every student so i have a child who didn't matter what it was a pencil. She was flipping up in the air, um, her shoe. She'd flip it up in the air. And I'm like, "Mm, stop doing that. And then I got to thinking, why does she need to stop? Why, why does she need to stop doing that? Obviously she's feeling a need. So then I was listening to Heather, um, burn Santee. She's an, the early education nerd. She has a really cool podcast. She it's explicit lyrics. It's very entertaining, (laughs) but The one where I heard about play schemas, so there's seven or eight play schemas, one of them is throwing or trajectory I think it is, and those kids have a need to do that. So there's another play schema you can Google it's a PDF and it has materials you can set out for them, it has, um, you know provocations you can do so they can seek that out on their own and find it, because some kids will stay with one play schema for three years. Some kids will hop, hop, hop to play schemas over a couple weeks, but another one might be lining things up. And I can't remember the order or the, you know, the technical terms, but look it up Okay, because that's what this child did. It was amazing. And those are the kinds of things that I'm like, oh my gosh. So what if I gave her a ball to bounce for her letters instead of doing, you know what I mean? Instead of learning it like the textbook says, and I was like, why am I not doing this? every day. When can I do it? That'll give me the most information about my kids and then take that observation and use it for tomorrow. That's cool. You know, <clears throat> it was just, yeah, we just need to watch our kids. Our kids should be the curriculum. Number one, number two is standards. You know, that's my belief.
1: Hold so, on. You just said something that was profound and I'm boom. writing it down. Our kids <laughs> should be the curriculum expand on that what 100%. do you mean yeah what do you mean by that
0: I mean that every child is different we preach this we say every kid has different needs we have every kid you need to know the needs of this you should know this but then we don't follow it right we follow the pacing guide or we follow the the teacher's guide in the order when we're doing it backwards we need to and will it take a lot more work maybe but we need to watch those kids who are throwing the ball in the air she has a need, she needs to be filled. So instead of doing this with her, I need to do this. And then you look at the next kid. He already knows, he's reading, great. Does he need to do all 52 lessons in that teacher's guide? No, he doesn't. Yeah. So then you do that with him and you recruit parent volunteers, you recruit, you know, I'm, I applied for a scholarship for the Modern Classrooms project to do self-paced learning. Have you heard of the Modern Classrooms with Kareem Farah? Love him, oh my gosh. So I'm trying to figure out how I can balance that and low technology use, low to none.
1: Yes. And yes. help
0: my kids be self-paced, but yet still give them all that they need in that person interaction. You know, yeah. some kids, you can tell them one thing and they'll run with it. Some kids need, you know, intensive one-on-one. And so trying to balance that when your kids, when you do, it's really individualizing and personalizing your classroom. Um, it's, you know, that's what I think it, it, it means.
1: I got to tell you, um, so someone that is starting my third year in high school world, um, mm-hmm. I am really missing my kindergarten and first grade babies. Um, mm hmm. I'll tell you, I am really missing that, that world because like you just see, like, it's, it's just totally different. Um, I mean, kids are kids. Yeah. But however, to see kids in kindergarten, some of the way they come Mm -hmm. in that first day of school and then the way (laughs) that they leave you at the end of the year, um, just the, 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 you know, they all could, could have swore that I hung the moon. Um, yep. I did no wrong. Um, yep. They loved me unconditionally. <laughs> um, yeah. And being able to see those, like those light bulb moments on a daily yeah. basis was just phenomenal. And, and yep. I've got to tell you, I love, I really like what you're saying because I completely agree. Um, I personally think we put way too many standards on our kids K through five. Um, I think mm-hmm. we are asking our kids to do way too much. They are kids. Absolutely. Um, there is yep. nothing wrong, nothing wrong with build with, with, with building or laying down a solid foundation of, mm-hmm. uh, SEL of, mm-hmm. um, executive functioning skills at working working memory, um, you know, balance, like you said, all those different things that kids need. And I feel like we are pushing it to the wayside to just get them to read as quick as possible.
0: As quick as possible. Yep. Yep, I do too. And And just, again, it is. And I feel like SEL comes through play, authentic. It does. It just, teachers model it it, you do it, you live it, the kids live it. You just are a a true community and I'm with you. I love, 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 love the little ones. I love it every single day and it is hard. Don't get me wrong. It is draining, (laughs) but to have that little kid who's never had the opportunity to read a book and sit on your lap, oh, you just, there's nothing like it. Or when they come and pet your hair. Mm
1: -hmm. Or they smell you. They They you. get boogers on you. Or they notice that I haven't
0: changed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've oh, got to tell you, I love my kinder. I loved my kindergarten mm-hmm. years. Um, I still remember one little guy that threw fits every single day, hid underneath the table every single day, screamed and yelled every single day. Um, but I also know where he came from, and I also know that. Yeah. He was in a safe space where he felt like he could do that. Um, yep. Yeah. I love it. I love what you're which saying. Is an so, honor. Which is absolutely mm-hmm. an honor.
0: You're exactly right. You think of the kids that can, I mean, I am so blessed that I, I mean, I have these kids longer than they're with their families. Amen. My kids, when they go to school, amen. they are with that teacher and I am forever indebted to their teachers because they have my babies. And I'm giving them the best that I can. And that's what all my parents are giving their kids to me, the best that they have. <clears throat> you know, it's the very best. And the fact that those kids can let out that emotion or try and, I mean, it's—I, it just makes you think of <clears throat> the kid as a total difference. They're just a little human and they can let it out with me. I'm so lucky, even though it's hard most days. <laughs> It's hard, but it's you know, so worth it. It's so worth it, all oh, thousand times over, thousand times. And you Look, learn the most from the hardest ones too.
1: Oh, amen. So yeah, it just got it. It has me thinking. Like, what if we, kind of like you said, number one, what if we didn't assess until Christmas ish, January ish, yeah. um, and what if we spent that first time. So in my, in where I'm at August to January, where you're at September to January or whatever, what if we took that time to try to level the playing field? So the kids that we have that are coming to us that are 100% ready for kindergarten, how about we just let them be for the first semester and just let them be kids, you know, But then those students that are coming to us that have never, ever been to any sort, they've never even been outside of their house. Why don't we use that first semester to teach them um, social skills? Why don't we teach them attention, how to pay attention? Why don't we teach them, um, you know, those type of skills? And then guess what? January rolls around. All of those kids are Mm -hmm. for the most part on the same page. (laughs) Shit, we would rock and roll.
0: We would. And that it levels the playing field, but it gives them all a common experience, right? Like, oh my gosh, especially if those first four months, what if we did science experiments? What oh. if we just went on nature walks Yeah. we yeah. did all the. I mean, one day a week, I want to do an outdoor, outdoor kindergarten one day a week, and I'm going to do it somehow. It might not be this year, but even just one day a week, we were all outside.
1: You're giving so me goosebumps
0: just imagine, but imagine those kids yeah. who've never had experiences and even the kids who can read already. Yeah. And those kids who know double digit edition, sometimes they cannot relate and they are afraid to take risks. And what if we were all out? Because I'd be a risk for me. I'm telling you that much. I might be from Montana, but I am not your <laughs> hiker girl, <laughs> but I will sure as heck that it, Right.
1: That would be cool, man.
0: Yeah, it I
1: love this conversation. We could go on for I
0: know, I want to to probably for
1: hours. hours and hours. Um, <laughs> No, really, I love it. Um, one day I will be the head of the, of an elementary school once again, that I can give my kindergarten teachers the license. and And hopefully I pray that I have a superintendent that says, you know what, Ryan, just go for it. And I just want to be able to let my kindergarten teachers, let their babies be babies. Let kindergarten be what it was designed to be, which was the great equalizer. Mm -hmm. And somehow we have got to this place where if you are fortunate enough to be able to afford it, you send your kids to preschool. If you're not. Yep then you keep them at home and then they get to kindergarten and they get labeled with an IEP and they might be EBD because they never spend any time to work on those social and emotional competencies. Um, but yeah, just, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that we don't do this. And, um, we talked about prior to hitting the record button. I mean it. When I say this, you and John move out to Kentucky and we will start a school.
0: Yes. Hundred percent, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll have to tell my husband. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. So could jump on. <laughs> um, okay. So we have talked a lot, a lot tonight about this idea. Um, and it's one I, I mean, I've got goosebumps as I'm talking, because I've spent so much time in mm-hmm. in in early kid land. But if anybody out there that is listening wants to connect with Kyla and wants to talk more or wants to rack your brain or get some ideas, um, how can they get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, I would love it. I love connecting. Um, Twitter is my PLN for sure. I've learned so much from my Twitter peeps. So it's just at Kyla Uribe. So at K-Y-L-A-U-R-I-B-E. And that's just the easiest way. And from there it's DM or whatever, or yeah, right. my email pilot right. dot at gmail.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: You bet. I love it. I love connecting with people from all over the world.
1: Hey Amen. It's, it's, you know, um, COVID sucked. It was not anything that we <laughs> wanted. However, right. for me, um, it forced me to get out of my comfort zone it forced me to connect. Well, it didn't force me. It maybe gave me the opportunity to connect with some pretty freaking awesome people. Um, wow. and it showed me that I'm not as crazy as I thought I was.
0: Right. There are, That's yeah, so yeah. validating.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. That there are folks out there, maybe even way yeah. out there in Montana that would, um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So thank you very, very Love much it. for coming on tonight.
0: Thank you for having me. This was so fun. I loved it.
1: Yeah. We'll have to set up like a encore presentation where we just Zoom and drink bourbon or something.
0: I would love it. Actually, I was thinking we need to have a Big Ed Idea conference. And all the people you've had, we need to all gather maybe a central, because you've had people from all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. But how amazing to get together and just do an uned conference, like an unconference or whatever they're called. Ooh, an just...
1: unconference that would be cool. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you just so
0: whatever on your mind, I'll help you plan it. We'll do I'm it. Throwing...
1: Okay. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that. So if anybody out there is yeah. listening, and I sincerely mean this, if you want to do something like Miss Kyla is saying, let's do it. Um, I do yeah. know that a that a good friend um ikra shake that was on i want to say maybe 10 episodes ago she is a tech developer out in the san francisco area she is kicking around the idea of doing an online type of uh conference type thing also around the big ed idea but if anybody else is out there and wants to get something together um yeah let's do it let's let's meet
0: that'd be amazing
1: somewhere centrally located um yeah I, I'm thinking Kansas. Is that middle of the That's United kind States? kind
0: of what I was thinking. It's Kansas, probably be for the US people. Have you had any um, international yet? guests?
1: So a good friend, Mel, she is down in Columbia. I just haven't been fortunate enough to have her on yet. Um, but we right. talk quite a bit. But yeah, that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, that'd be so fun. And to see some, just to see these people in person. I know Zoom is great. I know we can do it online, but there is something about the physicality and the.
1: <laughs> that, listen, and I'm a hugger. So, all of those folks yes. out there, I just want to give you a big hug.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: All right. So, okay, see, I'm getting, Sorry,
0: I got you off another tangent.
1: No, you're good. Tangents <laughs> are great. Um, so, okay, I'm going to speak directly to Bill Gates or Elon Musk or uh jeff bezos um or Mm -hmm. ronald mcdonald if anybody is out there that has the funds necessary to get the big ed idea conference off the ground please hook me up um let's do this
0: let's do it let's i know a lot of people that would attend too that aren't even former podcasters
1: yeah yeah all right my friend i love it right miss kyla i'm gonna i'm gonna get us going with i'm gonna walk us out of this episode it has been a very very awesome episode 41 love to talk about all things kindergarten love to talk about how we can um slow down early to speed up fast and so i'm gonna leave us with a quote on dreaming
0: perfect
1: each man should frame life so that at some future hour fear, and his dreaming meet.
0: Oh, you got me. That's right. That's amazing.
1: That's right.
0: I love that. Will you text that to me?
1: I absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely will. And That's so great. with that, to my listeners out there and the Big Ed idea and out there in the uh, edges sphere, as I always like to say, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. If you have an idea, please hit me up. Um, I'd love to have you on the show. If you just want to talk, I'd love to have you. Um, the world only changes when uh, we dream big. And so with that, I'm going to close this out. And I'm going to say like my grandpa, John Janoski said every single time I left him, I will see you in the funny paper. <laughs> I love it. And together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.